Hello, everybody. Hello, Smegheads. My name's Jed Shepherd. And I'm Daniela. Daniela what? <laughs> Just Daniela. I'm like Madonna, I only need one, uh, one name now. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in once again to the Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. Um, you don't really tune in, it kind of automatically just appears on your phone if you've subscribed, which I'm guessing you have. Like magic. It is, yeah. And this is the first episode of season two. So welcome back. Woo! I forgot to mention that. It's the first episode of season two. Yeah. Um, what did you have your summer break? Oh, lots of stuff. Um, I um, Did you fall in love? I, f- I had a summer love. Yeah. Um, I, I just... Did you get very far? Yeah, <laughs> pretty far down in the sand. Um, but like I, I kind of went on a journey and... Um, to, to kind of find myself really that's okay. kind of what I did between seasons um and uh yeah I'm very glad that you guys are back listening and the good news is the all the red dwarf information is out now you, you noticed that Daniela I did um so you've got two bits of information one that there's a competition out there to be in red dwarf that's amazing. Did you say that? I did. Did you, did you retweet it? I, I, I can't remember if I did or not, okay. but uh, you, you did enough tweeting for it to I get did. the message out. Yeah. So basically, um, uh, there was a tweet that Dave, the, the channel Dave put out, uh, that if you retweeted, you'd be entered into a competition to be an extra in Red Dwarf. And um, that's great because being an extra, there's not many people in Red Dwarf. So being an extra is quite a big deal and they've yeah, never done this before. Quite, you'd be quite noticeable. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I hope it's not kind of like a back to earth scene where you're just in the cr- middle of a crowd of loads of people. I hope it's like more set in space and you're just... A robot or something. A robot or, or like a scutter come to life or some kind of humanoid alien type thing. Um so yeah, so that was, that was the first thing. And the second thing was the tickets today um, were released, um, essentially, where, I mean, you can't actually buy tickets or get tickets yet. You, you enter a ballot, so you put your name down. So if you haven't done this already, go to the Lost in TV website, um, and the first thing you come to is the Red Dwarf ballot. Um, enter your email. Well, you should have already signed up to Lost in TV, but you uh, press the button and you're, um, you enter the ballot, basically. And in a couple of weeks' time, I think it's after September 24th, you'll get an email with, um, hopefully, if you're one of the lucky people, because it's a random draw, with the details of how to buy... Sorry to get the Red Dwarf tickets because they're all free um, and you can get up to four tickets. So that's me and Daniela can go yep. and we have to find two friends. It's going to be really difficult for us. <laughs> but um, you can only go to one episode. So, uh, well, actually, if you've applied, Daniela, and I've applied, so you've got four, I've got four, it could be different episodes. Yeah, fingers crossed if we're both lucky. Yeah. Um, and then if you guys if we don't get on and you guys out there have applied and you get tickets bring me and Daniela yeah, with you it'll be I, so good can I be your plus one my plus one or anyone out there's plus yeah one. can we be your, your plus twos um, and that's, that's no joke um, and in fact be your um, friends if we are not on um, because you can only go to one episode or between us we can go to maybe two episodes if you've got tickets for an episode that we're not at take us please take us yeah we'll supply we'll supply the snacks we'll supply the snacks you can come onto the Smegheads podcast for like the last 30 seconds or something um and that would be great i can't i can't actually wait so that's filming next um actually it's filming in november November, right and then some of it's and then the next series is filming in january um but i can't wait did you see there's going to be an episode where everyone turns into Crichton? 
No. <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> Have you wanted, I don't understand how that happens or what it's about, but that's going to be I'm good. I'm very excited. And it's quite quite apt that that happens because the first episode of season two is named Crichton. Yeah. And this is the first appearance of the lovable humanoid robot Crichton. Okay, I'm like big Crichton's biggest fan, but this Crichton this. freaks me out. <laughs> Why does this Crichton freak you out? Okay. Uh, <laughs> He's all he's all rubbery. He doesn't, yeah. and he's clad in like PVC sex worker clothes throughout the episode. Yes. First of all, he's in like some sexy like butler outfit, and then he's in some sexy biker. I think outfit. he might be the only one to ever have called that sexy. Well, I think it's supposed to be sexy. In fact, <laughs> it's in PVC and leather. But he, That's true. He's but this just, was he... the eighties, don't forget, or very late eighties, maybe early nineties. Yeah. And that that's normal in 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 your no, popular I culture. Get definitely getting a sex worker vibe from him. Well, some robots in the future do do that. So mm. I don't know if Crichton was ever one of those. I I don't, I don't think so. I hope but we're not. jumping a little bit ahead because yeah. at the moment yeah. they haven't seen. Uh, Crichton no um, so yeah it's the start of the second season and um, it was this was filmed quite close to um, the end of the first season but it looks completely different yes. the sets look at flasher um, everything has a bit of a spark because it's really dreary in the first season yeah. all greys and it's a lot sharper as well there's things constantly happening yes. it flows a lot better it's tight. I think they've, they've got into their groove because I mean, most of the besides the, the last episode of the first season, they weren't writing for the actors because they didn't know who the actors were when mm, they wrote it. Yes. But now, for the second season, they could write to the actors to and play to their strengths. Yes. and this comes, and this is you can see that because this this whole season is brilliant. I, I find this episode and actually the entire season is, is brilliant. I mean, in fact, Crichton. If if you go on to certain uh, Red Wolf websites, this first episode, Crichton of the second season, is most people's least favourite of the second season. And that says a lot because this is a great episode. Yes. But it's because every other episode is, is just, just comedy gold. Yes. Um, well, just before we get into it, did, did you like this episode? I like to get kind of a rough... Yeah, yeah, overall. I did. I did like it, apart from Crichton freaking me out. <laughs> well, uh, the episode starts where we see um, a crashed ship... Uh, which we later know to be called the Nova 5, and it's crashed on some type of um, moon-type, cratery-type planet. Yeah. Um, and we hear music inside, um, and we hear kind of talking, and it turns out it's a, a robot listening and uh, watching a TV show, which is, is kind of, it's called Androids, and it's a reflection of, uh, of a kind of a neighbours-type, daytime yeah. tv soap but yeah. just with androids in it as well <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd probably watch it i, w- I would watch yeah. that now it yeah. sounds great and and the theme song is it's obviously a take on on the neighbors the old 80s 90s neighbors theme song they've probably got like a really futuristic synth wave uh, neighbors theme song now yeah. but um yeah can, can you sing the theme song the, the neighbors one or the android yeah, one? the androids one Androids. everybody needs good androids <laughs> Androids have feelings too, but um, if you go into the um, the DVD, um, if you've got the DVD of this, you will notice there's a um, a longer version of that with the full theme song. Mm, okay. So I might make that my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but um, I've also been listening to the audiobooks of of the Red Dwarf books, and this whole episode is 
it's, 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 it's kind of expanded a lot more and you find out a lot more about why that um that ships crashed and how it happened and the kind of build up to it and and why they were in space in the first place and i'll, I'll come on to that a bit later because it is really quite interesting and it's no wonder they couldn't film it because it, it's pretty epic and the budget probably just wasn't there um but um yeah this um this episode with Crichton, he is your favorite character right yes so when you when you first saw that this because i know you you've seen all the red dwarf before but you can't remember most no, of them, right? So no. when you when you saw this was called Crichton, did you did you get excited? I did, I did. Um, but then I I remembered what you said that he he just appears for one episode. One episode, and it is yes. and it isn't Robert Llewellyn. No, no, no. unfortunately. But this, but this actor, um, what's his name again? I can't remember what his name is, but he's like a Shakespearean second, actor. Second rate Crichton. Second rate Crichton's not his name. <laughs> you can't say that. He's like a is a good actor. Yeah, and just it just freaked me out. So I've seen the picture of him recently and he it doesn't look like i like i thought he would look i thought he would look like tony slattery or something like that no, kind but of foppish, i but i always think uh robert llewellyn outside of his makeup doesn't look right as well i prefer him dressed up as Crichton. just all the time even on scrap yeah, challenge yeah i mean it's, it's like when i watch beauty and the beast and i preferred I preferred the beast as the beast. I don't like him when he turns into the prince. Is, are you talking about the the um, the the Linda Hamilton Beauty and the Beast? The the Disney version. Oh, the Disney. <laughs> did you used to watch the 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 I did, Linda Hamilton? Yes. Where he used to live in the subway, right? Yeah, and he used he to ride on top of the trains. Vincent. Vincent. Yes. Was she called Sarah? I can't remember. Oh, that was great. Yeah, he lived in the sewers, didn't he? He lived in, in New the, York. Yeah, and he used to ride the um the subways on top of the subways and it used to be the same shot of him riding the subway every episode that was great they used to be on friday nights yeah to come home from school watch all the all the kind of like nightmare and all these tv shows and then it would be beauty and the beast yes. and you, oh that's brilliant oh wow i'm on the youtube that later but back to the episode um we have got um we see rimmer uh, learn Esperanto, which I've now learned is not a fake language. It's not a fake language. <laughs> a real if language. you listen to the last episode of uh, the first season of Smakehead, <laughs> it was kind of a revelation to Daniela that Esperanto was a real <laughs> language and not a cl- not Klingon, basically. Um, but yeah, it's a real language, and um, as we've said before, well, I've said before, um, the writers wanted uh, to kind of show a, a universal language of the future, so they picked Esperanto as a language that kind of unifies the whole world because it's everyone speaks but Rim is trying his best because he knows he needs to learn Esperanto in order to go up the ranks he tries his best to to learn it but he's having no real luck Mm. and he's listened to an audio tape um and and to try and kind of get to grips with with this language and it it seems that Lister knows Esperanto a, a lot better than him I, th- I think everyone in that scene knows <laughs> yeah. Esperanto Kate wants to say Esperanza Esperanza it's really difficult isn't that like a female lingerie shop probably yeah <laughs> like, um yeah but um he's very frustrated because as as usual Lister even though Lister's very relaxed and very kind of um, lazy fair about this whole situation about being in space, he actually, Lister actually knows his stuff and he knows a lot more than he than he lets on because he he's, he seems to be quite fluent in Esperanto. Mm. I think you're either a language person or you're not. It either comes really easy to you. You've got that that way of thinking and your mind can get around it, or you can't. And I think. Rim is one of those people that just can't get yeah. his head around languages. I used to volunteer at lunchtimes to um, teach Spanish in a school. Oh, okay. My Spanish isn't Muy great. Bien. Yeah. 
my, my Spanish isn't, isn't great as well. And these were like nine and 10 year olds. <laughs> and I think I did it for like maybe like three or four months. Okay. I don't know if they learned anything. Those poor children. Where poor are children. they now? I don't know. It was like a really rough school in, um, <laughs> in East London. And um, I had to basically give up my lunchtime at my old, well, my old job. And in two su- subsequent lessons, a, a kid got stabbed in my lesson what? with a pencil. It was, it was the same kid as well. It's crazy. It's no fun when there's a kid like bleeding in your lesson. No, and you, I can't and imagine you would. Yeah, be. and you're just like a teacher there for an hour. It yeah. is not good. Um, they, hang on a minute. You're not a qualified teacher. They left you on your own with like a class of children. I, they, they, you had to have a CRB check. Okay, and stuff. okay, yeah. good. So, I haven't got a criminal record, but um, yeah, no, yeah, I, I did think that was weird, even though I have been checked out and stuff. Like the other people that were doing um, different lessons around the school, it, 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 it seemed kind of weird. Like if I had a kid, I wouldn't leave it with a random person from I know, a. No, just come in on their lunch office. hour. Yeah, I had no investment in those kids. I don't. No. I don't even care if they learn anything. I just wanted oh. to do, to feel good about myself. Um, but yeah, so back to the episode. Um, we see uh, we see Holly um, notify. Um, no, it isn't Holly that notifies them of the Nova Five because um, it is Crichton that appears on their screen, right? No, I think Holly That's tells them that he's, they've got a sig- he's picked up a signal. Picked up a signal. And he also informs them that uh, he's invented two new notes as well. That's right. What are those notes? Uh, bow and woe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do, re, mi, fa, bo, woe. Yeah. Latitude. It's, yeah, do, a bit yeah. complicated. I, 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 I can barely, I barely know the ones anyway that we already have. Really? Do re mi, it's oh, do re no. mi fa so la ti do, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, I watched The Sound of Music. Do you know what? I've never seen The Sound of Music. That's mental. It's crazy. I've seen every film, but I haven't seen The Sound oh, of Music. It's, it's classics. It's, it's just every film. time it comes on, it just looks it just looks so twee and so... Oh, it's epic, though. Really? Yeah, I watch it every New Year's Day. It's my tradition. It's always on, isn't it? Around Christmas. Yeah. I no, don't know if it's my kind of thing. Is it, is, is it quite dark? Because it... The theme. It can be, yeah. There's Nazis, so yeah. yeah. So usually People that's Nazis. pretty dark. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So yeah, so Holly notifies that they have a signal from um, a ship that's stranded on um, on a planet, and it turns out to be the Nova Five. And Crichton appears for the first time, and we see him in, in his weird makeup and his looking squidgy, <laughs> weird rubbery sex worker kind of vibe. And he informs them that um, the the male officers died on impact, right? Yeah, they were dead. And uh, but there are three female survivors on on the ship, and he sends uh, pictures and the medical information of these um, women to the to the red Dwarf, to the red dwarf crew, and obviously they haven't seen women in three million in two years or so. Um, and they're pretty excited. They're pretty excited, especially as Cat has been trying to find a woman on a ship that he knows there are, there are no women on the ship. But he's been trying to find um, either a Cat woman or, or any woman on the ship for the whole first season, really. Mm. So obviously they're quite excited. And um, Arnold uh, J. Rimmer is extremely um, excited because he believes himself uh, to be. Even though he's only really ha- only ever had sex once with Yvonne Magruder and she was asleep or unconscious, he still sees himself as, as quite a, a kind of a ladies' man. Um, and actually, in, in se- the whole of season two, 
that theme kind of comes up a lot about his disastrous relationships with women based on his uh, problems with his family and his jealousy and stuff mm. is quite a, a, a big theme. So he, so Sirema's excited. Lister's very excited because he's the last human being alive. So um, he's actually the only one who can actually do anything with these like women because you've got a hologram and you've got a cat. Yeah, but, but what's going on with cat though? Because he's, he's, <laughs> what do you mean? I mean? Hang on, what do you mean? Because he, he's kind of human. Yeah, but you don't know what's going on underneath those clothes. No, he's got all sorts no, going on. No, no. He, he's, well, he's got six nipples. We know six that. Six nipples. But like cat stuff. I don't know. Isn't it, isn't it weird down if he there? Didn't, if he didn't tell you, would you notice? That's the, that's the question he, he I'm getting to. He has very sharp teeth. Yes. But, that but I mean, I guess you, you wouldn't notice that straight away. No. His name's Cat. Though I've got a friend called Cat, but that's a yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. I, I I guess out of them three, he would be the most attractive. Probably. He lo- he's a, definitely looks the cleanest. It's because he licks himself because he's a cat. <laughs> oh, God, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, th- so they're very, very excited, as, as you, you can imagine. Um, and um, the thing is, like, th- this is the thing that gets me. Lister is pretty hung up on Kristin Kachansky for the, for the first season. And... But he doesn't really care too much about her in this episode. He's not really... More, he does, doesn't ever really mourn her death that much. Well, I guess, you know, they never really had a massive relationship and she's gone. She's not on the scene. So, you know, if someone else came along, it'd be a good opportunity for him. That's true. And we're going to talk about this again in, in for the next episode as well because there's something that really bugs me about the next episode Ooh. in Kachansky. So the guys, um, they think they're they're in there because there's three of them and there are three women aboard the Nova 5. Um, So they start to get ready and um, we see uh, Lister's kind of going out routine and um, he gets his favourite Muggs Murphy shirt, the one with... um, uh, only two curry stains. Only two curry stains, which 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 is pretty good going for Lister. And he has a massive hole in his trousers and instead of using different trousers he just gets um spray paint um that matches the color of his trousers and just sprays the exposed skin i like that bit it's brilliant yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea <laughs> it's great and they meet in the in the in their quarters and and rimba's wearing uh, a captain he's in full officer's uniform full officer's uniform yeah and he wants to be gone called, all out yeah um and he wants to be called ace and 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 cat as always looks very suave um, and we see him turn up in his um, spangly spacesuit. I know. He's gone all it's out. All gold. Yeah. He does look pretty amazing, actually. And I don't think he... Does he use that again in, in later Red Dwarfs? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, and Rimmer's looking, Rimmer's looking pretty pretty good for, for Rimmer. Um, so they um, all go down to the Nova 5 and they're, and they're chatting amongst themselves. They're very, very excited about meeting these, these women. And uh, Rimmer asks Lister to um, tell to to call him Ace when he's in front of these women because he wants to portray the um, the fact that he's a captain. Well, technically, because there's no one else from Red Dwarf, he is the captain of Red Dwarf, isn't he? He's the most senior officer. Is he? I thought I thought Rimmer and Lister were of the same seniority. No, Lister's third technician, and okay. Rimmer is second technician. Okay. Though in the books. Rimmer is first technician and he has a whole team of people oh, okay. looking after him. Um, 
So he, so uh, Lister agrees to call him Ace and just plays along inside his cat. So um, they go into what is effectively the kind of drive room or the or the quarters, um, and straight away Lister and the cat see that not not all is what it seems. Um, you have Crichton standing there, um, beckoning at at the the ladies around the table, um, and they're not alive really no they're skeletons they're skeletons we've they're lipstick dead. on and it looks like they've been dead for a very long time um, and it's a kind of a a psycho type type deal where he still thinks they're alive mm. um, and he still treats them as they're alive he's still putting makeup on them and serving them and they talking refer to, them. to him as the android Norman Bates the android Norman Bates yeah but the funny thing is um, Rimmer he is on one on bended knee saying Enchante um, and he's still on his bending, so he doesn't actually look up and see these skeletons. Um, so Lister uh, says, "I think that one's giving you the eye." That's what he <laughs> says. Um, and then Rimmer realizes that they're all dead as well. So it's it's quite a sad scene. And and I think I remember watching it when I was a kid. It was very creepy. Yeah. Because you didn't you didn't know how they died, and you and you you weren't sure whether. Crichton's killed these people to oh, law. I, ne- I never thought of that. Yeah, because w- when you're a kid, you, you can't, you don't kind of realise the full story. You make up your own story. And, and my, my initial thought was, he'd killed, he kills people. He 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 lures people onto that ship and he kills them. Oh, that was my initial thought. Gosh. But so um, the crew of Red Dwarf are aboard the Nova Five um, in this kind of weird predicament where they're in f- the the women they thought they were going to get with are actually all dead. Um, and they have a mechanoid, which is the, it's not a robot, it's called mechanoid, um, that believes they're alive. And because I've listened to the audiobooks and, re- and read read the books back in the days, the kind of backstory to, to the whole Nova 5 thing is there are multiple ships sent from Earth to essentially blow up um, and... 28 stars I think 28 or 38 different stars make them go supernova at the same time mm. um, in order to sp- from earth it would in the sky it would spell out um, an advert for coke coca-cola right I think it, it's something like it's not enjoy coke it's something like coke equals life or something like that um, and they were ever all the other ships managed to do it and they were the last ship and uh, the reason why they didn't do it properly was because Crichton had cleaned all of the computers too much because he's obsessed with cleaning. Yes. So in all of the in all of the computer bits and all the um, all the mechanical bits, he'd cleaned them. So there was all soap suds inside mm. them and stuff. So he'd actually crashed the crashed the um, spacecraft into this planet or moon, this cratery moon, um, and. At the, at the time, all of the male crew members were killed and the three women had survived um, and it, it was his job to look after them. Um, and But obviously he didn't look after them very well because... Well, just enough time has passed. That's true, because it is three million years yes, later. So we, yeah. don't, we don't actually know when the Nova 5 first took off. Was mm. it straight after Red Dwarf took off or, or, or was it more recent? We, we still don't know. But I assume it was more... It was three million years ago but why aren't they dust because i don't think bones would last three million years good question would they um but yeah i actually learned a lot from the from the audiobooks um like how lister and rimmer first met 
um, because they first met on um, Lester got drunk on Earth and he woke up and he was on a different planet. He was on a moon and he was a so he to to make money he stole a taxi called a, a hopper and was um, jumping around. It's basically a car that jumps around and, mm. and takes people everywhere. And Rimmer. Um, was on Red Dwarf and it was stationed at this moon that they were on and uh, he got into Lister's cab and Rimmer wanted Lister to take him to um, the red light districts but it wasn't big for the ladies it was uh, apparently to because they had some nice cuisine there oh really <laughs> yeah. okay so that's how they, they first met um, and then um, it kind of uh, an elaborate situation happened and and Lister ended up on Red Dwarf and actually you also learn from Infinity Welcomes Careful Drivers you learn that um, Rimmer uh, he on purpose wants to go into stasis um, and he on purpose so he brought Frankenstein aboard Red Dwarf on purpose uh. to get into because he wanted to get in trouble because he knew he would have to be on Red Dwarf for four and a half years and didn't realise that when he signed up so he wanted to be put in stasis for a long period of time so he'd be so he would walk out and be back on earth oh, so see. he made sure he brought a cat aboard but that had all these injections and it was fine it wouldn't affect the crew mm. um and he and he had it for ages and he wasn't getting in trouble so he made sure he took a picture of him and the cat and brought it into the um the development room and that's okay. how he was caught so the whole time he it was an elaborate plan and to put himself into stasis and it, i guess it saved him and also you do find out in infinity welcomes careful drivers that rimmer was about five seconds away from being in stasis as well he was he had his hand on the door of the stasis booth, oh, really? but he stopped to comb his hair so um, um, if he hadn't done that he would have survived so the books are great the audio books it's on spotify if you haven't listened to infinity welcomes careful drivers it's it's such a good book i might do that it's really really good it's quite short as well but it fills in the gaps um a little bit and it does tell you that rimmer and kachansky had a, a bit of a relationship for five and a half weeks and the, they were both obsessed by uh, what's that film what's that christmas film uh where the guy um it's a it's wonderful, wonderful life. life. They're obsessed. They're both obsessed with a wonderful. I don't like it's a wonderful, wonderful life. life. It's pretty good. I haven't watched it in a while, but mm, how can you like a, Sound of Music? And I'm more like, of a Muppets Christmas Carol, which is one of the best person. films ever. Yeah, it's basically. a great film. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, so um, they they're back on rent. <laughs> they're back on the Nova Five, and they convince Crichton to join them on the Nova Five, but not as an equal member of the crew really not really no no um rimmer straight away takes advantage like, like you would expect rimmer to do he straight away takes advantage of the fact they have a service droid aboard and he gets um Crichton to clean everything for him to um um do all of these chores all, all of the silly chores that he wouldn't in a million years do himself he now has Crichton to do it and one of the things he wants Crichton to do is paint a picture of him um, and he's, he's also turned his quarters into a kind of a, a pride, pride and prejudice type situation. It's gone very chintzy. Very chintzy, very frilly. Um, kind of like when you mistakenly walk into Debenhams into the wrong department and you're just surrounded by like frills and, you know. It's very girly. Very girly, but rumours into it. Um, and uh, yeah, so... Kat and Lister are, are just not very happy with ha how they've treated Crichton because, I mean, Crichton's been by himself for a very long time, a bit like Holly. So, I mean, he potentially has gone a bit crazy himself, which, which 
obviously he has because he thought those girls were alive. I guess it was something to do as well and to focus his mind on if he was cleaning. That's very true. But do you not think his batteries would run out or whatever his power source is? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's got some super duper actually, power source from space. That comes back in a later episode, actually, in this season. Okay. Oh, next season. Um, but yeah, so um, Lister is trying to get Crichton to realise he's been being used and to but essentially try and break his program one of the, one of the the main threads of red dwarf is um Crichton trying to break his program and to be more human um and i think lister the reason why lister's doing that is because not only just to help christ now it's because he wants something someone else that's kind of human with him because he is the last human mm. so um yeah it's, it's kind of weird um but we do see um, in the end that uh, Crichton isn't such a pushover. Yeah, he rebels. He rebels. And uh, when we finally see the painting that he had done of Rimmer, uh, he turns it around to show AJ Rimmer, we see that he'd painted him sitting on a toilet. Yeah. Um, a little bit like that painting of a monkey sitting on the toilet in yes. <laughs> in that last episode. There's a weird theme of people sitting on the toilet in paintings in Red Dwarf, which is kind of bizarre. Um, have you ever been painted? Have you ever gone to like a life drawing class or anything like that? Uh, I was in Florence when I was 16 with my parents and I had uh, my portrait done by a street artist that my parents have hanging in their bedroom. Is it any good? Because the and word street artist. Yeah, it, it's quite good. It's a bit freaky to look at it. It's quite big. I've never seen a good one. And every time I go past it in my parents' bedroom, it's a bit like, oh gosh. I've never seen a good... Um, when I was telling you, I, I, I just did this... Um, <laughs> Daniel was getting angry because... Um, angry. <laughs> because <laughs> I was, I was, I was uh, doing an interview for another podcast. I'm trying to do another podcast. <laughs> cheating on me so i was in i was interviewing um a guy called david lieberhart who is you might know him from the tim and eric show or um that show with john c Riley um, called check it out and he he's almost like he's plain straight he he's a kind of very weird guy kind of in his 60s who's a puppeteer and he's a singer as well and he's very strange and he's all, in almost every episode of tim and eric awesome show great job but one of the things he does for money when he's not doing stuff for TV is a street artist at the La Brea Tar Pits which where where wow. some of Bird and Okay, filmed. I might go to, I'm off to LA next week so I might have go to go to and La, check him out go to the La Brea Tar Pits okay. and he might, he's there sitting on the bench doing portraits so it's, like, it's actually on tour in Florida right now but I think he's going back soon okay um, and yeah and um, if he if he does a picture of you that'd be amazing I would hang it up in here in that post pop <laughs> if he does it he, he's, he's brilliant in my Rimmer shirt <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's great. But back to this podcast, which is the best podcast. Obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's rebelled. So Lister has taught him to break his programming. And um, and Rimmer is, is like, what are you rebelling against? And Crichton's like, what have you got? Um, the old James Dean kind of response. Is that why he's wearing this, that camp bike uniform at the Yeah, end? I mean, they didn't explain it very well, but essentially um, they were... <laughs> Lister was trying to instill some of James Dean into Crichton and there's a whole rebel okay. without cause type thing going on and that's why uh, Crichton goes I need your bike 
and let's go. You, you got it. And then and Kat's doing that weird kind of dance in the corner, yeah. which is like kind of like a weird bogle. And it's just bizarre. I don't I don't know what the direct Ed by the director said for him. Like Kat, just just kind of do quietly do a bogle in the corner. Yeah. Just freestyle it. Just freestyle a bogle. You know, you know, it's it's a season two. We don't have anything to do in season two, Kat. Um so um Crichton gets on the um on Lister's bike, which we haven't seen since season one, and kind of freeze frame on him mm. um looking with lipstick on. It's really you're right, I'm starting to think it's a really sadistic it's kind a of sex worker. He's a robotic sex worker. Um, but there is an outtake, you see, on, on if you look at online or Smeg Ups, where it's a flying bike and he flies into the sky. Um, and when he comes back in season three, this isn't the spoiler because it's kind of well known. At the start of season three, it gives you a little bit of a Star Wars crawl at the start, saying um, he crashed that bike and they put him together before season three started. And that's why he's back in season three. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... Crichton is this episode is it, it's a great episode because it's introduced one of the one of well Daniel's favorite character yeah. but it is quite a weak episode in in the grand scheme of season two because season two is up there with season three and season five <laughs> <laughs> which are to, to me the, the best seasons yeah um, and it's such a stark contrast with the next episode which is amazing in the next episode is called better than life which is almost everyone's favorite um and this is also where they start to run out of material and that um from the books because at the moment they're still go well the the books kind of give you a lot of information backstory and information about um Crichton's thought process and why people are doing certain things um that you just don't find in this episode. I know the episode's doing like 25 minutes long, but a lot of the things that happen in this particular episode, it's hard to kind of work out why it's happened. First of all, why why it's crashed, why that Nova 5's crashed, um, how long they've been there, and um, and Crichton's motivations for doing certain things. You don't get that unless you, you read the books or listen to the audiobooks. So I know... Um, you were quite confused. We seem quite confused to, to, to the situation. Um, I don't know if I say confused. Did, so did you understand why they were dead? The girls were dead? No, but I don't think I needed to. I guess. I guess I thought, you know, three million years have passed. That's they're, true. Uh, they're not alive. That, that's the easy answer for everything, really, because if you can't explain it, oh, yeah, three million years have passed. Yeah, Anything could yeah, have happened. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to be here in three million years. How do you know? Uh, I'm pretty certain. You could go into suspended animation. Would uh, you... If, it'd be if, frozen if, like Walt Disney. Yeah, but only his head was frozen. Oh, really? Which doesn't make any sense because... Yeah, they, they might find a cure for whatever he had, but then you, got, you haven't got a body. What are you going to do? I don't know. Would you ever get that done? Hmm, I think I'd only consider it if my friends and loved ones would do it as well because I don't think I'd like to come back and everyone that I loved would... Was dead. But then you could love new people. It's fine. No. I've, there's some some good YouTube videos of um <laughs> of well, loving new people. Good. No, there's this. Oh, there's some really creepy YouTube videos of um this guy in America, and it's always America, who um basically has his. I think it's his mum, um, on ice oh in, in his shed, um, and he has to bring cubes of um ice all the time and to, to is, keep is that legal i don't think so i don't no, think it is i don't think so especially either. like 
like in the video, he's like he's doing like doing a kind of like a selfie with with his mum, and he's oh, kissing no. his mum's lips oh, and stuff. Oh, that's it's disgusting. It's really weird, but it's, it's disgusting. But it's all it's very incredibly sad, and you just want to help him. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind, of, it's kind of taking a dark turn. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know if I I don't know if watching this episode because I always when I watch when I'm watching this again I always try to think back to how I thought when this first came out and did I think Crichton was a strong enough character based on this episode I'm, I'm, I'm throwing the question out to you yeah. based on this episode do you think Crichton is a strong enough character to be a regular from now on uh, no because there's not much that happens with him apart from cleaning yeah and it seems to me that it was because they have to it's a sci-fi show and they have to show sci-fi elements the easiest way to do that um, is to bring a robot into the mix. And mm. also, you can't always have Holly being Mr. Um, exposition. exposition. Um, when things are getting quite confused and they always resort to Holly explaining what's going on, but Holly's relatively stupid in terms, because his, his IQ isn't 6,000 anymore. So now they have a new person to kind of refer to um, to give the kind of mundane yeah. details. But I mean, that doesn't start until season three. Um but yeah, I don't at at this point. I don't think he was is uh, a very good character. But it's good to see them interact with someone else. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think about this guy being replaced by Robert Llewellyn? Do you a think very good thing? Do you think? Yes. I, see, I think it's a little bit harsh because I think this guy gives something else to to the character. I think Robert Llewellyn's a better comedic actor. Mm. But don't you find that this particular actor has more chops, acting chops? just creeped me out i don't think it was his fault they they made him wear like like lipstick and and a, a rubber fetish uniform yeah maybe maybe if i looked like past that and be um, beyond the uh the costume and the makeup he, he yeah he was pretty good but i guess robert llewellyn is so iconic for me in that role it's really difficult he's to the man in the rubber mask see yeah. anyone else playing him it's um have you have you read i'm guessing you haven't read robert llewellyn's autobiography no i Man haven't in the rubber mask. i read that when i was like 15 or something i think it was the first autobiography i read um and yeah i mean he is he, when people think of christ and they think of robert llewellyn yeah um not this guy i can't even remember his name that's so bad <laughs> it's really bad um but no i, I in general i think this is a good ep- is a good episode for the mythology of red dwarf and because without it then we wouldn't have one of the the best love characters hey smokeheads just jed here um with a little bit of extra stuff uh, for you this episode it's the first episode of the new season so i thought i'd jam pack it full of facts just so you know what's uh, taking place and what's about to take place for for season two i don't want you to miss anything because it's quite easy to do in this first episode because it, it packs a lot in so this is a segment um from now on i'm going to call smegheads extra it's a bit like the extra factor a companion piece to the main podcast um not as good because it's just me by myself in in my office when i should be doing other stuff um because daniel is probably swelling around with stars right now as she as she usually does um leaving me here by myself um so here we go i'm just going to give you some facts about the episode um just so if any of your other friends who are not into red dwarf um ask you a question about this particular episode which which they they might do you will know stuff you will have that um 
that would you, a well of knowledge to kind of throw on them is that what you do with a well of knowledge throw on people i don't know here we go with some red door facts so david ross as daniela mentioned um played Crichton only in this episode and he was later replaced by everyone's favorite robert llewellyn um and ross later returned to voice talkie toaster in series four's white hole which as everybody knows is one of the best episodes of uh, Red Dwarf Ever. It's also one of the most annoying for about a five minute period, but it is a great episode. Um, strange thing is, um, if you've uh, read the uh, Red Dwarf books, especially um, Better Than Life, White Hole is kind of, um, what's the word? Some of White Hole, which is season four, takes place around the same time as as the Crichton um, episode, um, so the White Hole should have really been in season two if you're kind of going along with the books. Though a lot of things do happen in the books that don't happen in Red Dwarf at all. Um, specifically in Better Than Life, where it goes on for a lot longer than uh, than one episode. Probably would last a whole season if, if they were doing it properly. Which leads me to believe when they do a Red Dwarf film, it will at least be half back to reality stuff. Not back to reality, Better Than Life stuff. I, I hope. Um, it's also the uh, first time we see um, this ship to service vessel, which is Blue Midget. Um, I love the way that they name the ships on, on Red Dwarf, Blue Midget, White Giant. Um, Starbuggers isn't really, it should be called Green green lanky or something I, I don't know but it does look like a bug so Starbug makes sense um, and that's uh, to be seen in season 3 the kind of where Starbug becomes like, a, like a, one of the main characters really um, uh, especially in season 6 and 7 um, the last time Red Dwarf was good in a deleted scene, uh, Katz is shown singing a duet with Talkie Toaster, um, and the idea that Katz sees himself as a great performer is also explored in one of the best episodes in season two coming up, Parallel U- Universe. Um, it's all to do with the dream recorder, and um, Daniela, when you listen to this, um, you will be even more excited by the f- by me revealing that the fact Cat sings a song in his dream, and it is the best song ever. Um, and you can find it on YouTube if you really wanted to spoil it for yourself, but it is amazing. Um, and it's also, um, I'm, I'm spoiling loads of season two here, but um, if you've seen the episode Quig, which is also coming up, um, Quig choreographed the dancing in in um, Parallel Universe, which is another fun fact. I've got lots more Quig facts when we come to that episode. Um, but this episode also sees Rim's first disastrous attempt at learning Esperanto, the language which much of Red Dwarf is signed in. Um, I don't know what that means. But the episode is believed to show a first in science fiction where an automaton gives the human a finger. Talking about uh, the uh, Crichton. Though uh, I do think the Scutters kind of do that as well, don't they? But maybe they're not classed as automatons. I guess that's just a robot. Um, Lister says it's been three million in two years since any of them have seen a woman, indicating there's been at least two years since Lister was revived from stasis. So so I, I take it that every season of Red Dwarf is one year in real life, approximately. Um, which kind of makes sense. Which means when it comes to uh, an episode in like season three, like Maroon, something like that, um, you can t- tell they've been together for a, for a pretty long time and not just just a few months. Um, 
because they have kind of real feelings for each other. And it brings me back to uh, the audiobook or, or actual book, um, Better Than Life, which has a very, very good um, detailed description and uh, narrative of Lister and Rimmer's relationship, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, back to uh, Better Than Life ends the most beautiful endings in science fiction in science fiction in fiction in in any book really it's absolutely beautiful um and again if they make into a film they've got to turn better than life into that film because it is just amazing writing i mean the budget would be sky high um but i'm sure they can do it um there's enough people wanting it out there um a few more facts before i um, go back to the podcast episode um the episode does not explain how it's possible for rimmer to exist outside both red dwarf and blue midget although based on later episodes we can assume it's because of his light bee though light bees weren't introduced um in the red dwarf chronology just yet but again if you've read the books you know that um when he's outside red dwarf um there is he had it's basically a signal from Red Dwarf, and the further he is away from Red Dwarf, the weaker his his um, presence, his his light is. So at any time, if he's say lost in the middle of space, away from Red Dwarf, he can turn off his his light and appear on in Red Dwarf, which he does in in, in the books to kind of rescue Lester from something. Um, again, I've mentioned the books quite a lot because I've just listened to the audiobook and it's brilliant. So track track it down. It's on Spotify. Um, and yeah, so I hope you guys have enjoyed this very brief um, interjection, this Smegheads Extra. And uh, let's get back to the podcast episode where you'll soon be hearing myself and Daniela discussing the uh, where this sits in the, in the whole um, uh, best of Red Dwarf in the Smegheads charts. Um, I reckon it's going to be pretty high. It's a pretty decent episode. We'll soon see. See you later, Smegheads. But what we need to discuss is where do you think this sits in the in the Smegheads charts? Ooh, I think it'd be quite high. I'd probably put it in either second or third. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a real surprise. So let's see what we've got so far. I'm just gonna I'm just navigating to the Smegheads website, which is postpoppodcast.com slash Smegheads. And yeah. the charts Crichton, the charts are up. Crichton was played by David Ross. David Ross, that's it. That's the one. David Ross. So, so far, the Smegheads charts, based on season one, is in first place is Confidence and Paranoia. Second is Future Echoes. Third is Me Squared. Fourth is The End. Fifth is Waiting for God. Sixth is Balance of Power. So you think this sits in front of Future Echoes or behind Future Echoes? In front of Future Echoes. Do so you think, think this is the second best episode yeah, that we've had I so far? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay, I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. But yeah, I yeah. think this is probably stronger than most of season one. Yes. I'll give you that. So um, if once this episode goes out, you'll see on uh, the Smegheads website, which you should check out, by the way. It's got loads of show notes and videos and funny videos. Have you checked out the video from last week? I haven't looked at the video yet. It's no, a, it's a it's someone's done a kind of a remix mashup of the episode of Me Squared, and it's this really funny, awesome song. Oh, brilliant! Let's watch it. Um, but yeah, okay, so it's second in the charts. That, that's a quite a surprise. Um, yeah. So next week we have got um, Better Than Life, which is a great episode, and it's one of the episodes that people love out of all of the 
every single red dwarf better than life always comes up in the top five at, at the very least wow yeah so can't wait i can't wait to speak about it um so okay guys i will we will see you next week don't forget to um subscribe on itunes um and go on to uh, this maquette's website and leave leave some notes yeah. uh, leave some messages on on itunes say give hi us, to us say hi to us give us five stars if you think we deserve it if we think if you think we don't deserve it uh just give us five stars anyway what what harm is it to you yeah yeah and follow us on twitter how will they find you on twitter daniela i'm at daniela with one l phillips and i'm at at jed shepherd and is there anywhere else they can find you uh usually in greenwich or uh... find daniela in greenwich uh right in the cutty sock um and you can find me um on postpoprecords.com um, I'm releasing stuff some records by some bands and stuff and um, doing films here and there um, but I'll speak about films maybe in the next um, episode but um, yeah thanks very much for listening to the first episode of season two that was Crising um, so we'll see you later Smokeheads bye bye For listening to Smekhef, the Red Dwarf Podcast. Smekhef is a production of Ghost Pop, and you can check out the show notes and other stuff at ghostpoppodcasts.com slash Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. See you later, Smekhef. <laughs>